Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Ephesians. If you have a Bible with you, turn to Ephesians chapter 1 and follow along while I read beginning in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come? And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. As Paul begins his letter to the Christian in Ephesus, he describes God and God's work in very lofty and majestic language. What he says is a a flourish uh, about God's greatness, but in it we learn some things about what God is doing and has been doing from the foundations of the world. Paul lets us know that God has had a plan. Things in our world, things in history, things in the future, none of it is haphazard. All of it is unfolding according to this plan that God has. And Paul tells us this plan is gracious. 
Grace is a word that means unmerited favor. God is doing us a favor by putting this plan in place. Without this plan, we would be lost with no hope or no way out. We would be stuck in this world and left to our own devices, would destroy ourselves, and there would be no life, no richness and fullness of life in this world, and certainly no life in the age to come. But God did us a favor. He was gracious to us. He sent us his son and revealed things that let us know how to access him for eternity, that removed all of the stumbling blocks that were in our way that kept us from accessing him. We could not have figured that out on our own. We certainly did not deserve any part of this plan, but God put the plan into action, and in doing so, he did us a great favor. Not only did he do us a favor, though, he actually brought pleasure to himself. Paul says that this plan of God pleases God. I was reading from the English Standard Version, and in verse 9, it says that God is making known the mystery of his will according to his purpose. That word purpose there uh, in the Greek carries with it this idea of being delighted or pleasured by something happening. It, It is what he wanted to happen, and it brings him great pleasure. When we participate with God in this plan that he has set out for us, it brings him great pleasure. Paul also says this plan is in perfect agreement with who God is. This is not something that's arbitrary or just an experiment. This is a playing out of who God is. God is a loving God. John actually tells us God is love. So in verses four and five, when Paul is telling us that these things are done in love, that is certainly consistent with God's character. And as Paul has described this plan and told us the benefits that come from it, he lets us know that the fulfillment of this plan can be seen with the eyes of our heart. He prays that the Ephesians will have the eyes of their heart enlightened so that they can see some things about what God's doing, so that they can be confident that this plan is going to reach its completion and they will receive the blessings God has promised. First of all, he says he wants them to be able to see with the eyes of their heart the hope of his calling. A hope is a word that means to eagerly anticipate something that we know is going to happen. That word gets used very differently in English sometimes and is almost a synonym for wish. But in Scripture, this is not a wish. This is not something we cross our fingers for. This is something we know that is coming about because God has called us. It's a sense of purpose that we have because we see our place in God's plan. We see it through the eyes of our heart. That purpose isn't always clear to people who are only looking at things with their physical eyes, and they're looking at the destruction and the evil and the circumstances in our world that are unpleasant, and they just aren't always aware of their place or their purpose in this world. But Paul says is our hearts are enlightened and we can see the way God wants us to see. We'll see a sense of purpose in this plan and we'll see our place in it. 
will understand that God needed to love his creation. That's why this plan is unfolding to start with. God is love. So for him to show love and give us the opportunity to reciprocate that love is a part of who he is. We can see that clearly, that the other things around us don't matter. It's our connection to God. God also wanted to set things right. And we find out that he does that in Christ, but things were messed up. The The world was not working the way he had designed it and the way he had created it. Man's sin had started destroying what he had created. With the eyes of our heart, we can see God setting those things right in Christ. We can see how things will be redeemed, recaptured, brought into agreement with him. As Paul says, uniting all things in him things in heaven, and things on earth. And throughout this plan, working itself out, we see more and more about God, about who God is, about how he loves us, and these things become motivators and encouragement to us as we live this life and anticipate what's to come. Paul also says that with the eyes of the heart, you can see the greatness of God's strength. In verse 19, he said that strength had been exercised for our benefit. He said it was done toward those who believe. We see this great power of God at work in the resurrection of Jesus, and that was done for us to let us know that the God of glory was all-powerful and could conquer the things that scare us most and give us a sense of hope, because we will not be overwhelmed by our circumstances. Because, according to verses 23 and 24, because we are in Christ and that power belongs to Christ, that power is accessible to the church or his people. We never have to fear being defeated. We never have to fear being overwhelmed. The strength of God that raised Jesus from the dead is the strength that will sustain us and bring us home for eternity with God. That's the promise that is ours. Paul says the eyes of the heart will see the riches of this inheritance. It's one thing to know that you will receive something. It's quite another to understand what a big deal it is. And with the eyes of our heart, we understand what a big deal it is that God has given us an inheritance. Paul talks about several aspects of that inheritance in this passage. He talks about the idea of sin being forgiven, that the consequences, the guilt of our sin is taken away. He says in verse 14 that our sins are removed. That's not just talking about consequences there. God is actively wanting to transform and shape us and take sin out of our life so that he can more effectively use us for his purposes. An aspect of this inheritance is our salvation, our rescue from this world and preparing us for the age to come. We're told that this inheritance is something that we experience when we're in Christ, in verse 11. And verse 13 tells us that this promise is sealed with the Holy Spirit. 
when we are led by the Spirit, the Spirit is living in our life, when the Spirit of God is what is animating us and causing us to make our actions and decisions in accordance with God's will, we have a knowledge, we have a guarantee that that inheritance is ours, that promise to live with God for eternity is ours until we actually have possession of it, according to verse 14. Paul tells us about a glorious plan that God has had from the beginning of the world, about how gracious it is and how it brings pleasure to God, about how it reveals his very character and can be seen clearly with the eyes of our heart. And when we allow ourselves not to be distracted by the physical things, but to see what's real with our hearts, we see God's purpose, we see God's power. And we can rest assured that he will fulfill his promise. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.